everybody. Welcome back to Looking for the Real God. This is Christy Lynn Wood. Today we're going to be talking about the Big C Church compared with the Little C Church and how COVID-19 may have impacted that in a very positive way. What is the church? Often people will answer that with a specific building or a specific denomination or a group of people. But what is church and what is the church? And how do we differentiate between the two of those? Right now, church buildings across the United States are standing empty. And they have been empty for the last two months. And who knows how much longer they will be empty. But just because those church buildings are empty, does that mean that the church itself has stopped? And so the questions that I want to ask today, I think a lot of times we get things confused. We get the big C church confused with the little C church. And the church, the big C church, is the body of Jesus Christ. Historically, it is every believer everywhere across every time. So if you believe in Jesus Christ as your Savior, then you are part of the church, part of his body. We think of it often as a specific building, as a group of people, as a place where we go to gather, have a program, and listen to a man or a woman speak to us. And that's what we consider church to be. It's more of a place than a thing. It's more of a building than a living organism. And so I've just been doing a lot of pondering during this whole COVID-19 thing as these church buildings stand empty and as I'm not participating in programs at a building and yet as I'm still watching myself grow and have a relationship with Jesus. And it's interesting because I have been criticized as being anti-church before. And part of that is because I'm willing to say, hey, there's some things that are wrong with our little C church buildings and the experiences that people have there. And I'm wondering why that is and what we can do to be different about that. In the past, I have definitely told you that it's okay to not go to church for a while, or it's okay to leave your abusive church. And sometimes that can be considered anti-church. And I just want to make it very clear that I am not anti-church. I am very pro the body of Jesus Christ. I am very pro people getting together and experiencing the life of Jesus that happens when we're together, when we're communicating with each other, when we're sharing the things that are going on in our lives. Like that's a beautiful thing. However, I don't think there's anything wrong with acknowledging the brokenness in our little C church buildings. I think it's really healthy. I think it's really important. And so that's where I'm at right now. And I'm not somebody who's sitting here saying, hey, we should all just go to home church. I mean, there's definitely something that's very appealing to that, except for the fact that I've seen a lot of brokenness and abuse happen in home churches as well, sometimes even more because there's still somebody in charge who loves to be in power and doesn't have any accountability because there's nobody to tell him that he can't do what he's doing or that it's what he's saying isn't truth. And there's just a whole bunch of mess there too, because we're broken people. So we're screwed up. But I do want to just say that I think it's really important that we're willing to acknowledge the things going on in the small C churches. And that doesn't mean that we don't love the big C church, the body of Christ. I think if we really and truly love something, that we're going to be willing to expose the things that are wrong with it. In the same way that if you really love your child, you're going to tell them no sometimes. It's just what happens. 
you have to go ahead and say, hey, this is wrong. And so that's that's what we're doing here. We're just saying, hey, we really need to think about some things. We really need to evaluate. And I think that that's one of the blessings of this great pause. A friend of mine, Brenda Yoder, you can look her up. She's awesome. Has a podcast and a website and a ministry. She calls it the great pause the other day on social media. And I was like, oh my gosh, I love that because it is. It's this great pause. All of us are just kind of stopping and being like, hmm, well, I guess I'm just sitting at home doing puzzles, baking cookies and reading books and watching a lot of Netflix. I mean, it's just this this pause in our lives where we're not crazy and busy. And there's a pause for our churches, our little C churches right now too. And I don't think that's a bad thing. My husband and I were driving around the other day and we were just kind of casually mentioning all these buildings that are just standing empty right now. And he's like, I feel like there's a problem with this. Like it's trying to say something to us, whether it's completely unnecessary, all these giant creations we've created, or it's just extravagant, or there's something going on here. I think it's deeper. And I feel that. And I think it'd be really healthy if all of us would just stop and pause and think and wonder and question some of the stuff we've just become accepting as normal within our little C churches. And so that's what this episode is about. I just want to like stop and question and wonder and just say, hey, is there something we could be doing differently? Because let's be honest, guys, we're probably not going to be back in our big mega churches anytime soon. It's just not going to happen. Right now here in Michigan, we're not even allowed to gather with like another person. And so it's just going to be a while before we're all back together again. And maybe it's just this time for us to just stop and be like, what are we doing anyway? So I want to just take some time today to really just ask some questions and just think about some things. I want to be very clear that I love the church, the big C church. I love the body of Christ. I love getting together with other believers and sharing and serving and doing life together. I love that. I am definitely pro-gathering of believers, and I attend a local church. Well, I did before coronavirus happened, and I serve there. And I'm not necessarily saying that we all need to start gathering in homes and doing that kind of thing, although I do very much look forward to getting out of my small group again someday, hopefully soon. We can all hang out together. That would be great. But I want to be able to point out some trouble spots within the small C church And I want to be able to do it in a way that is not critical, but it's more just like observations and truth and saying, hey, this is here. And what are we going to do about it? There's this idea that you can't criticize the church. And I don't know if you've felt that before, but I've definitely felt that where if I point out issues, people are quick to be like, hey, you can't do that. You can't criticize the church. You can't point out these kinds of things. We need to be positive and we need to be, you know, pro-church. And I just don't agree with that because I think it's very performance-based. I think it's the idea that Christians have to be perfect, that we have to protect the name of God again, and it's all just false. I think there is a fear out there that if we somehow expose the problems within the small C churches, then people are going to not want to be Christians or something like that, which is a bunch of baloney because the world already sees our hypocrisy. And if we were just honest about our problems, I think it would be refreshing to them. But because we sit here and try to say, oh, no, we're perfect. We've got it all together. There's no problems. When the problems come out, it's just even more of a slap in the face. And so I think we just need to like acknowledge that and be willing to be humble and say, yeah, this is screwed up and we're going to try something different and we're going to do better. And so I think it's okay. No, I know it's okay 
to question these things. It doesn't make me anti-church. I love the body of Jesus Christ. I'm just also willing to question the corporate, local building and organization that sometimes these things are. Half the time, guys, our local churches aren't even really churches. They're organizations. They're businesses. They're run by some narcissistic, as we talked about lots of times before, leader who just wants power and control. And it's nothing to do with Jesus Christ. They slap Jesus' name on there, but it's more about other things money and power and control. And that is not okay. And that's the kind of stuff we need to stand up to and say, hey, this is the truth. And that has nothing to do with stopping the name of Jesus. If anything, it's exposing lies and it's making Jesus look better. So throwing that out there there. It allows evil to thrive in our churches when we refuse to say things that are true. We refuse to stand up to abuse and false gospel and everything else. It just allows this evil to thrive and it's not okay. So I think this great pause would be a great time for us to stop and evaluate and say, hey, is there stuff going on that's just not okay? Do I need to be able to say something about that? I mean, hey, if you can change churches during this time because nobody knows. I mean, that kind of stuff. Like, it's just, it's okay to just say, no, enough is enough. And it doesn't make you anti the body of Christ. It just makes you anti-corruption, anti-evil, anti-sin. So guys, we have problems in the church. In the small C churches, there are problems. It is okay for us to acknowledge that fact. I just want to throw out some things that I see. I see passive believers, people who just come to consume, where this does not really matter to them. Jesus is not really real, real, real. They don't necessarily have a spiritual life outside of going to church. And I think that is so sad. Because Jesus is the most amazing person I've ever met. And anybody that you talk to who's actually been radically changed by him is going to say that. Like, it's not just about going to a building and consuming a one-hour sermon series and worship experience. It's about meeting a real and living being who is never going to leave you the same. And who is, ah, he's amazing. That's what it's about. It's about sharing that life with him with other people. And so if I have this consuming relationship with Jesus Christ because he's just crazy and real and it's just part of my life and I bring that to a group of other believers who are also feeling that same way, bam, you've got life, you've got power. But when it's just a bunch of people coming to consume because they feel like it's what they're supposed to do or like this is how they spiritually grow is to like show up on church on Sunday and sit there and let somebody spoon feed them, like that's, that's an issue. And so we have these passive believers, we have consumers. And we have followers of the man or woman. Now, granted, I've never been on a Roman pastor, but I think it's probably the same thing. You get some charismatic leader in your church and everybody's like, oh, I want to go to that church. Oh, they're so fun. Oh, they're so cool. Oh, they just have such a great way of sharing the, the scriptures. And it becomes this like cultic following almost of like somebody with a great personality, which is exactly what happens when you end up with all of these people who are narcissistic in power. And then you've got problems. You've got problems. As we've seen with a lot of megachurch pastors lately, things come out and you're like, oh, wow, they were embezzling and they were sexually abusing people and they were regularly abusing people. And it was just a huge mess. Gosh, look at that. I wonder how that happened. Well, it happened because people were passive consumers who just came to follow a person. It's not okay. It's not okay. We need to acknowledge that. We need to acknowledge that. Now, my experience with church, small C church, has been in lower order evangelical churches. I don't have a whole lot of experience in a higher order liturgical church setting at all. 
I do feel like those kinds of churches may have more accountability in place with the denominational organization above the small C church, whereas in evangelical churches, often it's basically just that pastor in charge, which is where there's a lot of problems. However, one of the studies that I have referenced before came out of Canada. I'll link it my blog post so I have it in there. And it was a study done with, within the Presbyterian Church. Within the, I think it was the PCA or the PAC. I don't know. Anyway, the Presbyterian Church in Canada. And they did this huge study and they linked this um, narcissistic personality disorder test to its survey they sent out to all their current and former pastors. And 40% came back full-blown narcissistic personality disorder. 40% within the Presbyterian church. So, I mean, if it's, it's there in the higher order churches as well. And I think the lower order churches is probably just worse because you've got zero accountability. So we've got that situation going on. We've got these people in power because they love power. I went to this therapist a few years ago and she had the most amazing thing that she said to me. She said, Christy, most pastors don't go into the pastorate because they want to pastor people. They go because they're eloquent speakers or people are like, oh, you should be a pastor. You'd be great at that. Or they love power and they want to have that position of fame and fortune. And I'm like, great, great. But that explains why so many of us have experienced spiritual abuse. And we've allowed it to happen in our churches because we are following people instead of Jesus Christ. I really wish we still had those humble parish pastors. Have you ever watched movies or whatever where you've got this, he's just this humble guy. He's just there to serve the community. But we've turned it into this, you get to have books and movies and you get to be awesome and you get to have a podcast and you get to have this whole thing where everybody knows who you are. That was one of the scariest things reading When Narcissism Comes to Church by Chuck DeGroat. I'll link that too. Was he kept talking about nameless mega pastors, this nameless guy who's written all these books, whatever, but he knows that he's actually a narcissist. And he knows what's going on because he knows this guy. And I was like, oh my word, that is terrifying. How many people out there that we're following and like spreading their names everywhere and reading their books are totally not legitimate like followers of Jesus. They're just followers of themselves. They love to, to follow and get their name out there. And yeah, but we've done that. We have done that church. The Big C Church has allowed that to happen because once again, we are passive consumers who are following people instead of Jesus. We can change this, guys. We can change this because we are the church. The church is made up of people who follow Jesus Christ, people who love and believe and follow Jesus Christ. That is the church. And we can change this because we can get excited about our relationship with God and we can bring that back into our community of believers. We can do it. Guys, I attend one of the healthiest churches that I've ever experienced before, but that doesn't mean there aren't problems. Because people are sinful and because there's still this church mentality that we've been doing for the last hundreds of years. This is how we do church. We have programs. We have big worship experiences. We have performances. We have somebody who comes and teaches us while we sit there. This is how we do church. And so even though the church that I go to, well, that I did go to before coronavirus, um, is one of the healthiest places I've ever been. And I love it. And I've learned and grown. It doesn't mean that it's exempt from any of these things. And that's kind of scary to be honest, because I love it there and I love the people there. And yet at the same time, you can see the same passivity and the consumerism and the following of people. And I just wonder, how do we change that? How do we change that? And I wonder if it will happen as we come back together in small groups. I really hope there, and we're going to go there in a minute. I really hope so. Why, why do we have this cult following of these mega 
church pastors and these big name people? Why do we do that? Is it because we're more comfortable following a person rather than following Jesus? I don't know. But it definitely leads to narcissistic leaders seeking fame and fortune. Why are we obsessed with our cool programs and our awesome worship experiences and our very hip decor? I don't know. It pulls people in maybe, but is it pulling them to Jesus? Don't get me wrong. I love having coffee with my church service, but sometimes I just wonder, what are we doing and why? Why are people so afraid of criticism of the church? Why is there such a shutdown of that? It just leads to unhealthy leadership and it doesn't really expose anything. And I wish, I wish there was this healthy place where we could just say, hey, why are we doing this? And it wouldn't offend or intimidate anybody. Why does the church reject doubt and questions so often? Why are we afraid of doubt and questions? Why do we shut people down? Why are there so many people who have just been shut down and frustrated and went away because we can't handle doubt and questions? I feel like there's one of two extremes. Like we run to these apologetics, which I think is great in its place where you're trying to give everybody an answer for everything. But at the same time, sometimes it's just paradox. Sometimes it's just a mystery. Sometimes you just have to hold things in tension and say, I don't know how this works, but this is true and this is true at the same time. And I'm going to hold this intention. Why are we afraid of acknowledging that? It just makes God bigger, not less. I have a Facebook post that I want to share with you guys that I wrote more towards the beginning of this pandemic. But as I was thinking about church and I was thinking about what it would look like when it comes back, I said, what if church as we've known changes? Corporate church isn't going to be like it was for a while. What if this makes things different? What if local believers just started meeting together in smaller groups? What if people came because they wanted to and not because they felt like they should? What if there weren't any programs, just people? What if instead of coming to consume, believers gathered to share? What if people came with a song on their heart or a scripture verse or an exhortation? What if we just looked up songs on YouTube and sang along? What if it was okay to come without anything? And it was safe to admit brokenness and struggles. What if people loved each other and took care of needs? What if we just tore up a loaf of bread and drank grape juice from Dixie Cups to celebrate communion together? What if it was just about people who love Jesus, getting together with other people who love Jesus, and sharing in the wonder of our relationship with him? I would like that. How about you? That's my heart. That's what I hope happens. I would love to have church become organic again. I would love to have about people who come because they want to, not because they feel like they should. I would love to have it about people who are just experiencing God working in their own lives and helping each other through that. I would love communion with bread and Dixie cups of grape juice. There's just something that speaks to my soul about that. And so as I look at this great pause and I see how things have just stopped, I hope it's God. I hope he's working. I hope he's doing something. And all of this is going to start with repentance. And we're going to talk about that next week. Repentance is not a popular word. It's kind of been Christianized and used to abuse. But I want to just talk about repentance. I want to talk about repenting in our own personal lives. I want to talk about repenting as a corporate church. Because things need to change. And they can. And they can. So until next time, guys, keep searching. If you enjoyed this podcast, I would love to have you join me over on my website at christylynnwood.com. For more content, free resources, and opportunities to connect, 
with a community of people who are looking for the real God.